0: Hello there, and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode number 176, entitled Lifetime Deals vs. Subscriptions. It was published on Thursday, the 23rd of April 2020. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'd like to welcome you properly to the WP Builds Podcast, where a network which produces absolutely tons of content largely about WordPress, we have a website over at wpbuilds.com and there you're going to find all of the content we produce, if you notice right at the top, there's a link on the website which is entitled Archives. And if you click on that, you'll be able to find all the content that we produced, all neatly archived by date. For example, you're listening to the WP Builds podcast, and there's a podcast archive. Also, every Monday at 7 a.m. UK time, we produce a WP Builds weekly WordPress news where we sum up the news of WordPress from the previous week. Well, that's in the news archive page and there's all sorts of other archives as well. So, for example, we have a live version of the podcast that we do. We sum up the weekly WordPress news that I've just mentioned at 2 p.m. UK time Every Monday afternoon, and I'm joined on video by a couple, maybe three, notable WordPress guests. We push it out live, and so there's an archive for that as well. So, plenty of content that we're producing. If you'd like to stay in touch with the stuff that we produce, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe is the best page for that. Over there, you'll find a form which will allow you to subscribe to our content, but also another form. It's a blue one, and that one will enable you to keep alerted about any WordPress deals that we hear about. So, for example, if we hear that a particular plugin has received a bit of a discount, we'll let you know all about that. On that page as well, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe, there's ways to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast player, could be on Apple or Google or Spotify, something like that, and there's also a link to our Facebook group of over 2,500 WordPressers, and I have to say, it's a very polite and friendly group too. Another page worth mentioning is wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. That page is a permanent list of searchable, filterable deals with coupon codes off. They never go away. So if you're looking for something this week, go and check that page out. wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. You never know. You might be able to save yourself a few pennies. And lastly, wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise. If you would like to have a product or service of your own put in front of a WordPress specific audience, we can surely do that for you. Anyway, let's get on with today's topic. Today is a debate between David Wormsley and I. We've been enjoying this format, this slightly more adversarial format lately, in which one of us takes a position and the other one takes the opposite position and we debate it. So this week it's all about lifetime deals versus subscriptions. I'm sure you know what this debate largely centres around. It's the idea that, well, quite a lot of products that are available online offer these lifetime deals, a very small fee up front, and you get access to the platform. So is that a good idea? Or maybe we should be using a subscription model, so we should be paying each month possibly each year in order to access the service what are the benefits the pros and the cons of each side and interestingly there's a surprisingly large amount on both sides it's not all good for subscriptions and it's not all good for lifetime deals so join us as David Wormsley and I
1: debate this
0: today I hope that you enjoy it
1: Hello, today we are debating a suggestion that comes from our good friend David McCann on WordPress plugins. So we're talking about whether life deals versus subscriptions are the thing that we should be looking at. So I think probably, Nathan, we should set up the debate. We are talking, aren't yeah. we, from our perspectives as kind of WordPress implementers? Yes, yeah, I think that's right. So I think we'll also stray off the
0: off the predefined <laughs> path of uh, WordPress as well, because I think a lot of this will involve SaaS apps um, as much as it does WordPress plugins and themes and so on.
1: Yes, indeed, and we'll probably start talking about what plugin owners should do as well, which yeah. is not really yeah. our remit. But anyway, so we've decided, haven't we? You're taking no, I'm taking life deals. Yep, you're gonna you're gonna so be I'm the proponent for, for life deals. Yeah, and I'm gonna and. You, Plus yeah. subs. Okay, who's going to kick us off? Well, all right.
0: Um, I'll, I'll take the first bit if you like. So, just if you haven't heard this type of thing before, we we decided a few weeks ago that we would have these slightly more adversarial. Although they they're quite a, they're, to describe them as adversarial is mocking the word adversarial. They're very gentle. But the point is, we take a contrary position to each other about a particular subject and we debate it through. Um, And so, yeah, so the subscription model, let's just define what a lifetime deal is. I mean, you've probably been to a website before and you've seen that they're offering many tiers to their pricing, one of which might be lifetime. And the idea is that you purchase it once, usually for a, a significantly higher fee. But the intention is that you're locked in with certain restrictions based upon what it is that they're offering. For Forever, ostensibly, literally forever, and, or until the platform goes away and um, it no longer existing. Whereas a subscription model, we're usually taking the idea that it's an annual or possibly a monthly, although that's quite unusual in the WordPress space um it's a subscription fee where you pay and if you cease to pay then your your entitlement to that service is is taken away now that might be slightly different in wordpress because the entitlement usually isn't for the product itself it's more often for support and updates but we'll we'll leave that argument for another day so I'm thinking from the point of view of subscriptions, I, I mean, we, we wrote a list of things out or David wrote a list of things for both sides of this argument, which is very kind of him. And I'm just going to start in reverse order, actually, if you, if that's all right. And I'm going to say my, my first kind of gambit is it's sort of just the right thing to do. And what I mean by that is that, you know, I need to eat. You need to eat. We all need income. And if we're just paying people and expecting them to give us something for life, then that's that's not a, a, an equitable relationship which can sustain the person on the other end of that. Uh, of that. So a, a good example would be, would be food. Let's say, for example, that Sainsbury's, which is a supermarket in the UK, offered an annual, uh, sorry, a, a, a subscription service for food, which they do. You can, you know, you can subscribe and get various things. But they, they would never offer uh, the, the ability to have something for life, to continually restock your fridge each month forever based upon some sort of fee that you paid in the past. And the reason they can't do this is because there's actual physical products and everybody understands that that can be done. Now, in the digital space, that's not quite the same. You know, if you've written the code, putting it out to 1,000 people is the same as putting it out to one person or 10,000 people. You're not you're not doing any more work. So it is sustainable. But I just kind of think it's the it's the wrong thing to do from the point of view of morality. I guess there is a little bit of that creeping in. And it seems that if, if you want your product to, to be sustained and you want the developer on the other end of that product to to have a, a fruitful life and to be able to plough more time into it, then paying just seems like the the right thing to do. So I'm, I'm coming at you with a moral position, David, which is going to be difficult to, to, for, you, <laughs> for, for you to come back with, I think. Uh,
1: well, OK, let's go with the moral perspective then. So WordPress. Is an open source community. It started with people volunteering their time to build something that's great and build businesses on that. And some of that maybe has been lost along the way. So if you are creating these things, you are contributing to this open source project in some ways, with not necessarily the expectation of making money from it. That kind of comes out of the goodwill that you get. So from a moral perspective, I'm not so sure if you go in straight away with the idea that you should expect to be paid with it being open source, that should come as an afterthought. So <laughs> I'm getting stuck already how I can argue against this one. Yeah. But, you know, we're not really talking about them not making money. I think, OK, my life deal, I'll argue for one, that seems a really good model of it. And that, that was the first commercial WordPress theme. And that was Genesis, something that I used that still has retained this lifetime deal and has profited from it and has been very popular and become one of the most used themes in WordPress, I think, as a result of being kind of lifetime deal, or at least coming out of that philosophy of sticking to open source. They were big defenders of keeping everything open source and not looking too much to the profit. So from the moral side, look at it a slightly different way. Yeah it's interesting because
0: I'm about to reveal the the glaring uh the glaring error <laughs> in my argument here because I have a ton of lifetime deals so you know <laughs> it's kind of a bit of a moot point but um the, the, I suppose something like Genesis is a really is a really interesting example because it, it was significantly priced, wasn't it? It wasn't a, a deal where you could just open it and a little bit of handy change in your pocket was, um, was going to be uh, what you're going to spend. I remember spending... I don't even remember what the Genesis deal was called, but I bought the full Monty, whatever that was. You, you got absolutely everything. Uh. And I remember at the time having to really think about that because it was it was a significant amount of money i believe it started with 400 and something dollars it might even have been more but it allowed me to access everything anyway the, the point that i'm making is if you are a behemoth a leviathan um then then you what? can do this uh, t- t- two words meaning big <laughs> just um then you can You can do this if, I think, your pricing is very high. So in the case of Genesis, I think it was the go-to thing for many people. It was hands down one of maybe two or three things which were being offered at that time, which everybody could universally say, actually, that's pretty darn good. And so I imagine there was a lot of action in their checkout every single day of the week for many years, allied to the fact that it was expensive. It wasn't terribly cheap. Meant that that was probably very profitable in the you know in in the short term over a, a two three four year period. I think where I'm coming from a little bit more is the the much more affordable deals, the sort of forty nine dollar deals, and they're not going to have that traction. So they may have a handful of people signing up at their discounted, super-duper cheap lifetime deal pricing. But they're then saddled with them for ages, and they haven't made the inroads that somebody like Genesis did. So those people then become a support burden. And there was a really interesting example of this, actually. Elliot Condon, who Mm. runs ACF, has very recently, literally within the last few weeks, moved from his lifetime pricing, which was... It fits perfectly into what I'm saying because it was extraordinarily popular. You know, I, I would imagine that Elliot's into the many hundreds of thousands of, of lifetime deal customers. And, and so that, that volume could keep him going because it was, although he was adding to, you know, a lifetime support burden, the, the, the checkout was probably ringing each and every day. So basically he had a wage, a sustainable wage. However, he drew a chart. Uh, where he showed mm. the amount of people who were coming onto his platform against the support burden and the it was mm. it was like an exponential curve the number of people coming onto the platform was a pretty much a straight line and it, it drifted up at a, at a steady rate hence why he could make some money but the the support burden was exponentially just going up and it was almost approaching like a you know like a straight line a straight uh, vertical line and this is the problem mm. right you've got All these people who've paid for life and every time you've got somebody paid for life, they expect support for life. So he moved away from that model for exactly this reason. So to summarize my Mm. enormous long answer to that, I think it's going to work in certain cases if you're really popular and you charge Mm. a decent amount of money. But I think if you're charging a small amount of money and you're not very popular it's there's only one direction of travel there and it's support nightmares and the inability to progress the system because you're just dealing with the tiny amount of people who have got a huge amount of support requests
1: Mm. well now i've got to correct you and i've got to correct myself because i think i was wrong in (laughs) saying that genesis was the first commercial theme i think it was by the same person brian gardner Um, i think it was the revolutionary theme but Uh, also i have to correct you on the cost of it as well because the basic genesis framework you you bought the whole package i did would, yeah include yeah. for life any themes that were built for it the child themes for it the actual the thing itself when i bought it was very cheap i think it was probably under 50 dollars oh, so okay it was a very very small cost and it was the the pro the license i, I think do you know what it's interesting because also you mentioned we didn't expect to go here but you mentioned acf and that's another plugin author who's very much behind the open source project that is WordPress and, and its kind of foundation. And uh, I remember, you know, really when Gutenberg came into place, you know, where wherever WordPress went, he was going to follow, and I really love that about these kind of early authors who did these lifetime deals. I think they—it's the—it's the time, and I think you know what WordPress was—a smaller community there where people did feel they were part of uh, contributing to this core uh, product. Where I think things have changed so much particularly over these sort of years recently we've got page builders and it's introduced in a lot of different people who are doing a lot more with WordPress than they could previously do and you know it's reaching different people for different uses so I think maybe some of this life and subscriptions is going to change over time if we go back to the earlier days I don't think anybody would have expected to have put somebody on subs for these things it just didn't seem right for an open source community to to do that. Yeah, it's it's interesting, actually, because I spoke to Elliot behind
0: ACF on episode 169. You could search for that one if you're interested in ACF. And we did get into, we did talk about this. And we talked about the fact that when he began his lifetime pricing model, it it was a real dilemma for him to price it at all. You know, he really struggled to sort of come up with any uh, pricing because up until that point, it was just a sort of pet project. And he was doing it for the the sake of, of doing it. Um, so he was right at the vanguard, you know, when when commercial stuff was really new in WordPress. Um, but obviously, over time, he's kind of become popular and and re-educated himself and made the difficult decision, as I said recently, to to amend his pricing. So yeah, interesting. His like I say, his pricing just just came out of he more or less made it up. He thought what's an anecdotal figure which sounds about right, and it was I think he wanted something like fifty dollars, so he rounded it down to what was forty nine. And just went with that and has never changed it <clears throat> since. And uh, in, in that same space of time, quite a lot of people have adopted a completely different model, but there was basically no subscription model, I don't think, at all when he started up. It was just a one-off payment. And who knew that it was going to be as successful as it was and and become his career? So
1: it was time to have a bit of a rethink, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I think probably, I mean... I uh, it's interesting to see some of these authors change over time. So I, the, the life deal, I think, has a lot of merit in where they were probably thinking. So somebody like Brian Gardner it was very adamant at the time, although he seemed to change his mind as he left Genesis, that he wished he had put it to subs. But at the t- time, he was very much, no, because this is the core. People can contribute to this. They can add to it. We're going to keep it pretty much the same. So there wasn't the same ongoing costs. And that would free up the time. And we'd have all the kudos and the attention through putting out a lifetime deal that everybody could use and a community could build around it in the same way that they could with WordPress itself. It still meant that he still had the ability to earn money through something else because if he was charging subs and it was less popular and less used, would he be so well-known as to be able to do other things? And I think that's what's happened with a lot of people. They may have used the lifetime deals here to get that community around their product. Uh, their product itself, make yeah. it affordable to more people, like WordPress is itself. I suppose
0: that going back to those those early debates, you know, Elliot and Brian, um, ACF mm-hmm. and Genesis in both of these cases, they're both early starters. In a time yeah. where the where the there was probably no expectation not realistically, anyway, that WordPress would become so dominant and it would <coughs> occupy 30-something percent of the Internet. Just, just no real thought about that. And, and I, I suspect that both Brian and Elliot were kind of in this for a bit of fun, a hope that it would make some money. But but really no expectation that it would be a, a six-figure uh, user base, so, you know, 100-plus-thousand users, and that this could be a real actual business supporting multiple people and, you know, a team of support operatives and what have you. And the realization that in the end, this is what we have got. We've got this giant platform. We've got many, 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 many thousands of users and we've got to support them. It kind of makes you have a bit of a rethink. So what I'm trying to argue is that at the beginning, it was it was just common sense to do a lifetime pricing. But now... If you're launching something, it kind of isn't common sense because as we've seen with a variety of plugins, even over the last year or so, some of these plugins that have launched in the last year have, have gone through the roof, you know, and have hit those 100,000 user m- marks. And you, you can't really expect to do that going forwards. You can't really bank on being able to support those people going forwards um, if
1: you're going to have growth like that. But also, this is the other side of the lifetime deals. We're, um, we're arguing, I guess, as implementers for whether we should be in which we should be focusing on and i think there's a good argument for looking out for lifetime deals on new products because they're often used and very very successfully used to get the promotion that they need there's such a buzz around being able to buy some new product and just this one-off payment and use it for life that when those people feel they have got a great deal they talk about it they go to all of the groups and tell people what they use and when those lifetime deals need to close which is the case with the ACF and they need to go to subscription they've really the lifetime deal has helped them to to build and get that audience for it yeah. and and really get the feedback from it mm. um, on a slightly more cynical note I just wonder if <laughs> if um, if
0: subscriptions are a bit safer and what I mean by that is, the, the the model of a subscription obviously is you're buying into some sort of continual um, support. So the the it might be that you're you're actually buying not really the code as such, but you're buying the ability mm. to update that code and the ability to have support. And my fear, I think, and I, I think there's a bit of truth in this, is that you know you, you've got an MVP, you've got an idea for a product, let's say, and you, you can you can build something fairly quickly. And you you build it. You've got this idea for a plugin or a SaaS app or what have you, but you're not really sure what the market is for that. That's not your area of expertise, and you certainly don't have a budget for it. So you just whack it out there, build something fairly quick. It's kind of usable, but it's not where it ought mm-hmm. to be. And you just launch it, and you stick a price of, let's say, $99, $49, whatever, on it, and you see how many you sell. If it's a, if it's a home run and loads of people use it, great. This thing will keep me going this is what i need to do for for the foreseeable future i'll invest a significant amount of my time but the flip side of that of course and i'm sure that many of us have been stung by this is actually do you know what we only sold a couple of dozen licenses or 100 or 200 whatever the metric is for it being profitable let's just stop work on it now shall we because because we're better off launching something else so what i mean by safety is exactly that you're you're ensuring that people can continue to develop it as opposed to just dropping it like a rock the minute it's not profitable.
1: Yeah, well, that definitely when, you know, lifetime deals where you see that happening quite a lot in WordPress is with ThemeForest and mm-hmm. um, they've built lots of functionality in there. But you know what? Uh, this is kind of maybe not so much whether life deals are a good thing for other plugins or furs to buy into, but more really the individual plugin authors. I, I would perhaps argue that the same may be true with subscription models. It doesn't go hand in hand that the model means that you're going to get good service. So Mm -hmm. you decide that it's going to be a subscription, but you still don't really do very good updates or the support gets poorer over the time. And maybe another argument for lifetime deals is that very often, and depending on the users, we are WordPress implementers. So most of the time we should be able to figure out stuff for ourselves so arguing from our side of things are we the type of people given that you you know if it's open source the only thing you can really charge for is the convenience of the updates and mainly the support do we require that much support yeah it, so it, yeah. life is the lifetime deals perhaps you know closer to uh, the the right kind of a deal for us in effect you know we're given this code we work on it we give them something for the work that they've done already on it And we carry on working and it's only perhaps the amateurs, not people in the business, not implementers like us who should have the subscriptions because they need help on other stuff, which isn't necessarily related to their product.
0: That's an interesting point. Yeah, well made. Um, I think there's probably a bit of a bit of validity in that in that we are we are probably not going to be requiring the support going forwards. But nevertheless, uh they you know you've probably had a plug lying around for a little while and you've never really used it or you've never had an, any problem with it and then two years after you bought it on a lifetime deal you've suddenly m- needed to make use of it and uh yeah. you know lo and behold uh you know the plug support is really poor because that was the model that they launched on yeah I, th- I think i could flip both ways on that one my my feeling around that though is that there is a greater chance now obviously we, we can't possibly work out what the morals are or the 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 finances are of all of these different things but you would hope that if somebody had a recurring revenue stream within their business they would allocate some of that to the the things which made it likely for the subscribers to keep subscribing in other words support and updates you know if you've got a plugin and you are subscribing to it and you don't receive support and updates well that plugin is not going to be in your arsenal for very long and that's that is a good point it brings the developer closer i suppose to the to the purchasers of it in that there's there there is a kind of an ongoing relationship you know they will be requiring support they'll be expecting support and in return the developer will be expected to deliver those things where i'm not sure that's the case with a with a lifetime deal and you know you've just explained why that might be good but also
1: i think there's a there's a flip side to that why why it might not be so good <laughs> there is a flip side to all of these and yeah, yeah. i never even thought about this before it's not one of our points but you, in some ways when you do have a subscription and, and not everybody who buys on subscription realizes that they're doing that um they, there is then a built-in expectation to keep adding to a product and not always is it a good thing that you add to this product. It might have been better if you kept the core simple and you produced another plugin that would add functionality to that one plugin. Now this isn't what we see, but do you know what I mean? As an argument for lifetime deals, why not take a more genesis route where you just say, well, actually, this is the core. Everybody can add what they like to it. They can add what they like. They can add some more chart themes and sell those at a greater cost. But basically the same thing that you bought remains roughly the same obviously it needs to update a little bit to WordPress but you know it keeps it keeps products simple could I'm arguing here that subscriptions could encourage people to bloat out software Oh, no. We all love a roadmap, David. Everybody needs to, <laughs> to regularly
0: see the roadmap. No, I, I, I take your point um, that it might be doing that. But I, honestly, I can't remember the last time I looked at a piece of software and thought, well, that's finished. That's it. That's got <laughs> that's absolutely everything I could ever wish for. There's always the uh, There's always the temptation. And... And I, another thing with that, in terms of it doesn't necessarily need to be updating with features, it could just be updating because the platform is updating. So a good example would be, you know, we flip over to WordPress 5, for example, and the new editor. And all of a sudden, a bunch of our plugins have a, uh, it would be enormously helpful for a lot of people if they became Gutenberg capable. You know, there was a block for that plugin and, and it could output itself in various different new ways that the the block editor uh, enables things like that although it's not really it's not really a massive feature request it's just kind of keeping up with the technology and obviously security is a huge part of this as well you know the exploits discovered all the time and we all know because we have well a, a good example here would be my um my main wp install cough lifetime deal cough um the the, in there, they've got this abandoned plugin section where they deliberately highlight plugins which haven't been updated for a period of time. And in, in most cases, in the, the ones that I'm using, they're free ones. You know, I'm not paying anything for them. But the the principle is that we we want to alert you to the fact that some of these things are just not being updated. And I would imagine that if you've got a subscriber base and you've got profitability, that's going to be really high on your list. It's just keeping up with the updates, keeping up
1: with the features that WordPress requires and so on. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And um, I'm going to try and squeeze in the two of the points that I thought were um, in my favor of the the lifetime deals. One yeah. of them is that from the buyer's point of view, um, <laughs> I you know, I like subs as well, so I'm arguing against what I generally would argue for. But there is that side where we see it a lot recently where you know at least you know where you are, you've paid for something, you've got it for life, for the life of that product. you don't know how long that's going to be, but you know what you paid for. When you do get into the subs, people do have a habit of changing, the terms on you. So they dropped the uh, renewal mm. discount on you, as has happened with WooCommerce extensions. And sometimes, you know, they even just entirely change the deal and just decide they're going to increase the price. You're not going to grandfather you into your old deal. So this is always a bit of a risk when you're buying plugins. Uh, as somebody who's, you know, you've got your, you've set up your deals with your customers when a plugin developer on subs decides to change the deal you you have to pass that on and that might not be something that you'd want to do do you know it's really interesting i've noticed in quite a few facebook groups that
0: they're obviously i don't know what the correct term for this is but they're obviously people who are like serial purchasers of lifetime deals who've clearly been stung and they take screenshots of everything you know, they take screenshots <laughs> yes. of all the terms and conditions. They take screenshots of, like, what the offer page looked like and all of this. Just so, And they're obviously stashing those away somewhere <laughs> in the expectation that at some point in the future, they're going to be burned by the platform or the plugin or whatever it might be. And yeah, these yeah. these screenshots, I mean, maybe they're using the Wayback Machine, but I, I don't think they are because in some cases it's even things like emails and um, and so on. And, you know, obviously things that have been communicated on a blog post, which has been deleted, that kind of thing. Um yeah. And they whip them out, you know, just like no. But look, it said, it said we'd get thirty of this or twelve of this or whatever it might be, and, and, and then it it kind of inf- it enforces the lifetime deal. Um And that's that. Yeah, it's, it's another an, another interesting problem with the lifetime deal is that those boundaries do change. You know, the, these companies unscrupulously they do, they do ch- move the goalposts in exactly the same way that you've just described with subscription. So the subscription. Um, you know the the capability yeah. for the for the developer to mess about with the terms and conditions. I th- I think that's equally true on both subscription and lifetime deal. You'd hope that they do the honorable thing and lock in the lifetime deal and keep those, but history shows that they just don't. And people have whipped out these screenshots to prove it. And and in some cases, you know, really bash the developers over the head who've had to who've had to with some contrition reintroduce what they'd taken away.
1: Yes, and people now—those uh, who follow the lifetime deals—definitely look out to find out whether they're getting all up-and-coming features yes. going to be added to what they bought. Yes, um, it's that's usually the way around it. Okay, I've probably got one last point, so I might as well make it. There could be an argument here that the lifetime deals could make for better software because it's a way of um, with a new startup company who's passionate about, you know, WordPress. Uh, plugins that they don't need to rely on investors or something like that, which kind of takes you a little bit away from the the open source side of it, that you can get that initial injection of cash and also that early feedback because the expectations are not so high on the subs of it being perfect and make a better product in the first place. Do you
0: know what? I'm going to concede that one because I think that's absolutely true. And what I mean by that is I think that you're going to be able to generate far more interest in your new plugin. Let's say you've got a shiny new plugin which does something spectacular. I think the chances of you in the morass, the sea of other plugins, mm. of finding an audience quickly in order to turn your plugin into a profitable plugin, I think that's really difficult. Uh, you know, It's just hard. You've got to have some expert marketing strategy or somebody who's you know, a real dynamo who can figure all that stuff out. But I think a way to short circuit that is to offer a lifetime deal because you have a clamoring mob of Mm. people who are literally salivating for the latest lifetime deal. And literally, you just stick lifetime deal on the end of it and suddenly you've got an audience of tens of thousands, possibly more, Mm. of people who are just looking because it's a lifetime deal. Whereas if you weren't going lifetime, they absolutely would never, you'd never get on their radar. So... I think you're right and I think maybe this is where this whole debate is going I can concede that in the beginning the mm. it's a great idea but if if then it doesn't turn into something profitable with a subscription that's where I think maybe the problems arise so possibly a great way of introducing yourself to the world and gr- grabbing an audience and making yourself of interest and making yourself publicly uh, and, you know so that you're mm. on the, the end of everybody's tongue but only that that's where it, mm. that's where it should end after that point you need to flip over and become profitable in a subscription way you know and and uh, goodness me how many times have we seen this how many times have you seen lifetime deals coming back again so yes. it is like the third time the second time the fourth time that it's going on as a lifetime deal that suddenly really kind of does ring a few alarm bells for me because that's a it, well, maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like that's just a grab for money because times are hard and they haven't managed to, to flip it into something profitable. So would you agree with that? Maybe it's good at the beginning, mm. but better to go subscription
1: after you've had your lifetime deal and you do it once. Yeah, I think we're kind of closing up here, aren't we, mm. to an, an idea. But you know what? There's It's kind of baked into the way that we learn about plus Plugins these days in WordPress because we absolutely dependent whatever we feel about people who are marketing the plugins as affiliate marketers on YouTube Etc They do an important function to tell us about new stuff and it's it's incentivized for them to talk about something that has a Good one-off price and that's what you can charge with a lifetime deal rather than uh, a subscription so Do you know what I mean? It's Mm. almost the the kind of marketing setup, the one that we like, because, you know, I kind of watch all this stuff to find out, um, you know, what's going on. I listen to other affiliate marketers and and go from their links because I rely on them to tell me what's going on. It's going to favor lifetime deals, isn't it? Yeah. Most of the time. Um, So I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. But you know what? I'll be coming to the bit where we could be just honest about our positions. <laughs> well, yeah, just one. I'm just going to add in um, one mm. last thing. He
0: said suddenly forgetting what it was that he was going to add in. Oh, goodness me. Do you know that's terrible? I
1: hate it when that happens. Uh, so, yes, <laughs> forget that. Let's move to what you <laughs> were going to say. Yeah, because we have to balance it out, really, because it, it's not easy to do for and against because we use both, don't we? And I think there are certain yeah. things which I've, you know, I look out for a deal, but I do feel like all the things that you say when it comes to things that I now expect to get regular updates, particularly with Gutenberg, and they will need some new features like the page builders and that. I just can't imagine being too happy with uh, buying into a lifetime deal if I didn't Really, already guess or know that those people were likely to go to subscriptions later because mm-hmm. I'm so fearful of many of these lifetime deals now becoming the thing to make, yeah. make with a short lifetime. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. it's it's too too tempting isn't it to try and just do all the marketing and put out um, a product which you've no intention of looking after well, temp- for more than a few years tempting is the right word i think and i think it does tap into something we everybody likes a deal
0: you know if you could if you yeah. can if you can get 50 percent off something in a supermarket it's a it's a good deal right you feel oh that's all right i'll buy that and so the temptation with this is is that i think they're just tapping into a, a part of our a part of our psyche which says oh that's cheap get it but the, the fear, of course, is, is making your business reliant upon it. And, um, you know, let's say, for example, some of these plugins become a part of your a, a linchpin of your, your own mm. ongoing client relationship. So your care plans or something, it, it, that could be tricky. You know, if some of these things fall over, go out of existence, stop being um, developed. That's going to be tricky for you down the road as well.
1: Yeah, and absolutely. There's a lot of things though that we buy that we kind of rely on, but they, they might not alter um, the actual sites themselves. So something like image optimization, security, caching, things like these. These are things that you can easily swap out the plugin that's being used on a client site, and they won't be inconvenienced at all. Yeah. So yeah. so they they are more attractive as lifetime deals to me mm. because you know they can come and go. Oh, it's interesting. Okay, so let's have a bit of confession time
0: let's let's only mention the good ones because if we mention the ones that we've been burnt by we might get ourselves in a bit of bother. Um, what lifetime deals have you bought in the past where you've thought actually do you know what that that was that was really turned out to be a good one even if that's fairly recent you've already made use of it and so on just rattle a few off and then I'll rattle a few off.
1: Oh yeah, there's so many actually um, short pixel absolutely love that that's taken care of all my image optimization for. All my client sites don't need to worry about that. Love it. Um, I use uh, it's not really WordPress, but it, there is a plugin for it, Stencil. Mm. I use that a lot for yep. building blog posts. Love that. Ooh, you you rattle out a few. On, okay. i think.
0: So I've got a few. Some of them are WordPress. Many of them are um, are SaaS, but um, just sticking to the WordPress ones. Ones that come to mind are I bought Generate Press, which uh, is a theme mm. that I've used many times, and at the time when I Bought it. It was incredibly incredibly well priced again same as Elliot with ACF Tom from um, Generate press has gone to a, a subscription model uh, uh, again not, mm. not not tremendously expensive still very good value but moved over to that um, I have also bought short Pixel, but I don't actually use that one I, I actually use a rival one but there are other ones so for example back in the day I bought backup body which I still am happy to use as my uh, as a, as a yes. backup solution. Um, I also bought uh, various caching plugins and a couple of security plugins. So for example, WebArcs was on AppSumo and I've deployed that firewall mm-hmm. on, on quite a few sites. iTheme Security was on a lifetime at some point at the same time as Backup BackupBuddy mm-hmm. was. So those have been deployed by me. There are also a few things in the Astra bundle. I've used Convert Pro quite mm. a lot. Um, mm. It's sort of like a pop-up generator. I mean, it does more than that, but it does definitely have the capability to, to do pop-ups. Um, and I think that's probably the ones which I'm using on a on a pretty much daily basis. In terms of SAS, now obviously mm. we're all different. We have different requirements, but one which I'm thoroughly happy with is, is one called Book Like a Boss, which enables me to to take bookings for the, the podcast so when there's a guest on we have to in some way agree a time where we're going to record and I do all that with Book Like a Boss and there's another one called a PixTeller which is a bit like your stencil it allows me to create yeah. images for the WP Builds thumbnail images the featured image um, and that's you know it's a simple online um, version of something like WordPress within a very very slim down set of features but it works really well and I think mm. that's
1: probably the ones that I use all the time. It's interesting how some appear. Just recently, I've been needing Smart Slider 3. And I bought this some years back and never had need for it. I knew it was great, got a lifetime deal on that. And, I, and now I'm, I need it for something. I'm so pleased it's there. It's brilliant. Ah, um, but, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, no, yeah, the insurance awesome. policy purchase, yeah. Yeah, I've got a load of those. and I mean, a recent one, which is still out there but it won't be probably by the time this goes out, but um, there's wishlists, which I'm, that's an insurance one. So that's a membership plugin. So I'm hoping at some point somebody's going to ask me for something and that's going to cover that slot. So Got yeah. It. Yeah. That's
0: a good point. I mean, obviously you don't want to go too silly because you could insure yourself to the point of <laughs> bankruptcy, but um, yeah. that, that's so in the bounds of what's likely to come in the next few years. If you're building WordPress websites for clients on a daily basis, it's, incredibly unlikely that or rather sorry it's incredibly likely that at some point there'll be some permissions type requirement and you know I would like only certain people who have paid a bit to to get to this content so I, th- I think that's for the cost of it, it was $49 I think was for the basic one seems like a, a good one to stash away yeah
1: Do you know I do I'm often surprised because I do if there is a lifetime deal option as well as subs i I always thought everybody would go for the lifetime deal, but it doesn't seem that is the case, actually. A lot of people do calculate and they, they start from the assumption that they're only going to get two or three years and they just calculate and go, no, I'll just go with the yearly. It's a good point
0: because, you know, if you think about it, most of these companies have got a, 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 an amount of money which they're hoping to get out of every client. I can't remember what the acronym is, but, you know, the mm-hmm. the sort of lifetime value of a particular customer. And it's probably in the two to three year era isn't it you know Mm -hmm. they're going to they're going to hope that you stick around for two to three years but not really expect any more than that and so it may be that I don't know it'd be interesting to look at that data the plug the life cycle of a WordPress plugin or a SaaS platform do do they generally last more than five years or or is there much more churn I don't know so I can well see also if you're buying something Mm. um, in two years it's quite likely that if that if that is a profitable thing it's quite quite likely that somebody will have also figured out oh, okay they're doing quite well out of this i think i'm going to build a rival and then often that competitive rival comes along with something a bit a bit different and maybe a bit more up to date so you know going for a couple of years yeah. instead of a a full lifetime deal might force you not to lock in and give you that give you that feeling that well, I need to buy something this year anyway. Well, I'll, I'll try the new one out as opposed to, well, I've got this one, I'm sticking with it. Even though it's gaining faults as the years go by, I'll stay with it because I don't have to spend any money.
1: Yeah. There's one other final thought, and I think this it actually tells me why I buy in a certain way. It's because I've been doing it for quite some time and because I started with things like Genesis in the early days. Genesis now, i still got them on client sites. And yeah, and, Some of these will be almost coming up for 10 years now. So my expectations are really based in those early days of buying the first premium products that there were for WordPress. So Mm. I'm still seeing it as the client not needing to change their site for so many years. Mm. This is fascinating. I mean, there's Mm. just so
0: many different ways you can look at this. Ultimately, I think even though we've had to take a contrary position, we, we probably do a bit of both. I've got loads on subscription. I've got loads on lifetime deals. And in many cases, I'm happy with both, you know, I I feel that I'm far less, I I have had a period where I've bought a lot of lifetime deals and just literally never use them. But the ones that I've got on subscription, I use all the time because there's no way I'm going to pay for something that I'm not using. So that's, that's quite interesting as well. You know, I probably should check back in with a lot of the things that I've got on lifetime deal just to just to check whether, you know, they've been significantly updated or not. But uh, yeah, as always, there is no right answer. Just do what works best. Yeah, Indeed. Shall we knock it on the head? Yes, indeed. Okay. All right. Bye-bye for now. <laughs> Bye. Well, there you are. I hope that you enjoyed that. It's always a pleasure chatting to David Wormsley and there's always so much to say. You look at it and you think, well, it's always going to be better to go for the lifetime deal. I get a whole bunch of software and I only pay for a small fee up front for the whole thing for life. And then, of course, you think about it and there's other options as well. Anyway, a lovely debate and I'm sure that you enjoyed it please join us. We've got loads of content coming up this week. So for example, on Monday, 2pm UK time, we'll have our WP Builds Weekly WordPress News Live session. You can join that by going to wpbuilds.com forward slash live, or you could join us at 7am UK time on Monday when we'll be releasing the pre-recorded version of the news, where I just read out what it is that I found in the WordPress space during the last week. Okay, hopefully we'll see you at some point between now and then, maybe in our Facebook group, or maybe somewhere else. Either way, have a good week. Bye-bye for now.